As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you're not already an Athletic subscriber, for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. culture is the culture. It's 4-6A to to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. Uh, The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. We're back with 4-6 to with A and B. Bill Ennis and Ari Wasman. Ari, uh, I have uh, no clue where to start with this. The Big Ten announced on, I don't even know what day it is, Tuesday, that uh, fall sports are postponed including football they're going to try to play in the spring um it's it's not totally unexpected news i think with the way things have been trending but it still hit pretty hard today when it came across a little before three o'clock um i just got back from the woody hayes athletic center no one was really talking over there but i was there to see what was going on or you were kind of monitoring what was happening on social media as, as the news broke and the reaction to it um I don't know, man. Where do you, where do you want to start with this thing? Because I'm not. We've I've thought about this, but we're here now, and I'm not totally sure where to go. Four to six is that? Four to six months? Like is four that, to six is that what that is? Until no? Football, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know where to begin. I, I think that we should just begin with um, what you did, which was go over to the Ohio State building today. Um, you know, obviously, the last few days we have been kind of preparing for this, and I know that there was some hope that potentially. Would this would just be a postponement today on Tuesday? Um, you know, with the way that players were speaking out and the way coaches were speaking out, they were starting to get some, you know, real momentum there in terms of just wanting to hear the people who this in fact this impacts the most. And you know, I wasn't necessarily convinced um, throughout the day on Monday that the coaches and the ESPN appearance that Ryan Day did and and what James Franklin did on ESPN on Tuesday morning was going to be enough because 
You know, it seemed like the momentum had already shifted. But for a minute there, I thought, maybe they'll just postpone it. And in my opinion, um, I thought the best way to handle it, and this is just, you know, a sports writer. I'm not an executive and somebody who, who knows the ins and outs of everything that went on in that in that debate. But why not push it back uh, just a few more weeks to September 26th, join the rest of the Power Fives, um, and at the very least, let these kids continue to practice without pads on before the students get there. And then if you want to cancel it, cancel it or postpone to the spring with a plan. Because I think the hardest thing right now, Bill, more than anything, is that there's no plan. There's no insight. These these programs and these kids don't even know what to do next. And I think that's a good segue to just kind of reminding people that you were out by the Woody. You saw Justin Fields come out of the building. Um, you know, it's just kind of a personification of what this means to them. And you got to witness their initial reaction. So just, you know, what was your take on, on being out there? And, you know, kind of what did you see and how do you feel? I felt really sad for, for them. Um like, I think you and I are, are sad. Like, people who love college football everywhere are sad. People listening to this are sad. But I don't I don't want to really talk about that because I think it overshadows what's most important here. And it's, it's these players. And you touched on it. Like, they've been really jerked around here in the last week or so. Um, and I'm, I, I don't really want to have a conversation about whether or not the result was ultimately the right result. I have a lot of problems with the process that got us there. And to announce a schedule and give the players hope and start camp and start to ramp things up and then just pull the rug out like this. Like they, Austin Ward from Letterman Row, uh, in his reporting after the news broke, said that this was decided on Sunday. And I don't have any reason to, to not believe that, that it was decided on Sunday. I know there was news and it was pushed back a little bit and we were trying to figure out what exactly was going on, but... I think there's enough to suggest that they knew they were heading this way on Sunday, and Ohio State practiced on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and I, I, I don't. I was nervous about this podcast because, like, I don't want to say anything out of turn because um, I feel I feel a lot of things about the way this all played out. But being outside of the Woody, um, like you said, I, I saw most of the team came out. Um, not everybody. The one that kind of hit me the most was like Jonathan Cooper walked out at about 4 p.m. And he was by himself. There were a couple other staffers that walked out just ahead of him. But in terms of players, he was the only one. And he walked out of the main trophy atrium and he kind of looked at me and um, a couple of guys from Letter Monroe were out there and um, just kind of shrugged. Like, that's a guy who who's came back for a fifth year, had an injury-riddled senior season, um, took the red shirt, was coming back hoping to play, hoping to improve his draft stock. A guy who loves, loves Ohio State, we all know that. We saw the video they put out of him this week and, like, Guys like that, I, I I don't know what they're going to do. Like they're going to try to play in the spring. Like we we can talk a lot about all later in the episode, but just seeing him sort of walk out looking defeated, um, really really hit me kind of hard. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers when they walked out. Guys who pulled off going to the NFL to come back to Ohio State and try to play for a national championship, and they're probably not going to get the chance to do that. So. Um, that was hard. That was hard. Um, and I'm going to write some about this too, um, probably for. Wednesday morning, uh, just kind of what happened over there. Nobody talked. Um, we asked a couple guys if they wanted to say anything. They said no. Understandable. I felt bad even asking. The coaches, the coaches were in higher spirits. Um, the ones that we did see out didn't see Ryan Day. I didn't wait around for Ryan Day. I wanted to come back and do this. Um, but we saw some assistants: Larry Johnson, Tony Alford, um, Greg Studraw, with Kevin Wilson. Like they're all they're all pissed off, and they have every right to be. But they weren't like walking out with their heads hung which I thought was pretty good. Um, some of the players were, though. It was it was a, kind of it was a hard thing to see. 
Well, the thing that you were just saying that I, I agree with is the way that this seemed to be handled. You know, I got word um, through um, some people today that Michigan State stopped practice in the middle of it or, you know, towards the end of it, but there was still time in practice because they, they got the news. They were like, all right, let's wrap it up. And it's like the fact that they had well, – how, how many months has it been since March? Five? Five months of discussion about this and what this means for college football, and it ended with players being on the practice field while they got the news I think is kind of crazy. Um, I, I, I just – I don't know. I think that kicking the can, and everybody is making fun of the kicking the can thing – but I think that makes sense, right? You kick the can, you see the new information, you you learn from it, but it just seems like there was a complete lack of planning the entire time. Um, they didn't even have a plan today. Like, I wrote a story um, about national recruiting in terms of what this is going to mean for scholarship numbers and the pressure that's putting on the coaches and these player personnel directors. They don't even know what the number situation is going to be. Because if you bring back guys like Jonathan Cooper in the spring or the fall, and you have 15, 20, 25 commitments in your class, what, what do we do here? You know, like there's no there's no solution for this. Um, and it just, to me, it's like, make a plan, make a contingency plan. There's so many people, so many smart people who are involved in, in discussing and planning this. The schedule that they made, I thought was really smart. Like they had the, the, the ability to do those things. And it just seems like, well all right, well, we can't do this. There's no conceivable way. And the thing that blows my mind, too, is that, like, from a, a source in the SEC that I have said that, like, they had a very encouraging phone call after the Big Ten canceled about still playing. And it's like, I just don't understand the difference between the Big Ten and, and the South. And I don't know if it's just leadership or the understanding of things that are difference in medical professional opinions. Like, I don't know. But, like, to me, if they're still three months away and – Right now, while these programs are still relatively in the bubble without the students being back on campus, let them continue to practice and at least just take the next week to try to figure something out. There's no plan. Like, how do yeah. coaches not know what to do tomorrow? There, that That's uh, the, the thing that kept coming up when I was talking with people was the lack of communication. I mean, it's it's almost unfathomable. And it's – I feel I, – I don't want to go too far – down a certain road, I think, but um, like, I, like Kevin Warren, I think screwed this up, or, or whoever was guiding him and the presidents, like what, the way they handled this was not the right way to handle it. Maybe there's no playbook for it, and I, I, I understand that. I'm sensitive to that, but to like for case in point, they announced on Saturday after the MAC canceled that the Big Ten teams weren't allowed to to move up to the next day of the acclimatization period, which means putting on pads and hitting. And the person I talked to at Ohio State said, yeah, we found that out on Twitter. Um, this news that they were postponing the season, or can canceling is probably the, the proper term, to be honest. Um, we got wind of it just before 3 o'clock. I was talking with somebody at OSU. They had no idea. You told me the thing you had heard about Michigan State. At that moment, I reached out to OSU, and at that point, OSU hadn't heard. And then 20 minutes later, the Big Ten's announcement comes out. So, like, it's coming out piecemeal to different programs. It's like, and 15 minutes later, before the Big Ten announced, the stuff about Michigan State started leaking, and that was still before Ohio State knew. Yeah, so, just, like, yeah. to clarify the weird timeline of that. And, like, there's no, there's no direction after the fact. And eligibility stuff, what's going to happen with scholarships, how much can you practice, um, what are the plans for the spring? What what were the guiding principles that made you make this decision? 
and I didn't I didn't watch this because I was outside the Woody, but but I was I saw some of Twitter that said Dave Revson from BTN was asking some pointed questions to Kevin Warren to try to get that information, and the answers weren't great, which I guess isn't surprising, but. You know, we, like we're we're journalists, we want answers. Like these players deserve answers, man. Like I don't don't give it to me. I don't give a shit. Give them the answer. Like they deserve the no. You put them through the ringer the last month, making them think there was going to be a football season, and that's fine. I think like <clears throat> the idea that they were hopeful for a football season is well and good. I don't think that they were intentionally misled that there was definitely going to be a season. But to do this, put out a schedule, start camp, pull the rug out in such rapid succession is just like you talk about we did this for mental mental health like that that has an adverse effect on your mental health when you do that to somebody and yeah. i just like i worry i worry about it i worry about what's what, what what's going through the players minds right now when that happens to them yeah you know you you put yourself in this situation um you know like we've been covering and watching college football since we were kids like the things that had to have happened and what has had to happen to to make us get to this point it's pretty crazy and if you would have said that to somebody um, or said that to me, or said that to you in January, like, you would have been like, what are you talking about? It would have been the craziest thing you've ever heard. And so I understand that there's some scrambling going on here. I understand that this isn't an easy thing to overcome. What I don't understand is that the NCAA tournament was canceled in March. Did people just think this was just going to go away? Like, even if, like, we were... um better as a country, and, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know how low the, the virus levels would have had to be in order to feel comfortable playing, but they've had five real months to understand and try to mitigate the risk of this. Mm-hmm. And maybe the answer is just it is impossible to have 120 or 100 or 75 or how many teams opt in traveling and playing college football in a high-contact sport during a time where a highly contagious virus is at the – is 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 running rampant in our country like maybe it's just impossible and i kind of think that it is and i think that one of the main things that i learned from listening to the statements and you know talking to uh people and watching gene smith and urban meyer and people of great stature in this sport talk is that it wasn't so much about how well things were going now i think it was more of an there two twofold thing one people can keep their own stuff under control and tests can be going great but you never know exactly what the protocols are at other places between traveling and playing with other people that aren't part of your system and your protocols. So I think we have to also understand that they aren't just worried about the well-being of the kids, and you can say they're safer in in, in Columbus, Ohio, and in the Woody than they are at home, and all those arguments that you've seen on Twitter from people who just want. But this is about outbreak, too. You know, like these are kids, and if you catch it at a road game and bring it back, then there's an out, you know, you don't want there to be an outbreak at, at a college campus. And I understand that there's going to be 40,000 students in dorms and all well, that stuff. Well, that's the thing, too, you know, like it's how, how do you square one with the other? You're bringing, oh, I think bringing 40,000 students back to campus in a week. No, I think that there's <laughs> the way they do that is, is that they don't let Ohio state football and big 10 football play, but the kids are still going to be on campus. So like, I think this like opens, yeah. I mean, it's, they're still part of it. It's not like they're sending people home. I still think they're going to have access to the Woody Hayes Center and the the nutrition and the medical and the oversight. I think they're going to still have all those benefits. I just think they're trying to mitigate risk by having traveling teenagers run around the country playing football. I think they're and trying to mitigate liability more than anything. And, yeah, and liability is a big part of it. You know, and I don't know. Like, I don't understand the difference between the liability of a a football player catching coronavirus on a road game and a person having coronavirus in a dorm on campus. Like, you would think that it would almost be worse 
being in a dorm. But the other thing, too, is just if it wasn't possible, Bill, and maybe it wasn't, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but if it wasn't possible, then how does it take so long to realize that, and why has there been no seemingly effort into trying to come up with a, ting- a contingency plan? Because it's like, if you like look at all the releases and stuff, too, canceled or postponed season in the fall may play in the spring. That's still not... It's not like this is the plan. It's just like right. the nice thing to say right now so people don't flip out. But I think we all know, and I'm sure we'll get to this later on in our podcast, that ain't going to happen. So like, I, I don't know what what people think. Are they going to play six games in, uh, in, in six? Is that what they think they're going to do and then have two know. weird seasons that don't count? Because you're not playing 12, 15 games. Ohio State could theoretically play 28 games in, in a calendar year. So, you know. I don't know. It's about long-term health effects, I think. I think it's about mitigating um, risk. I also think it's about decreasing liability. And, you know, I I think it's about all those things. And I think that mostly it's not so much the decision that I think is weird. I think the decision is something that you and I have been talking about behind the scenes for months now. Um, And I can understand why they made the decision. It's the lack of explanation and planning that comes with it that seems so, frankly, odd. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it comes again. It comes back to, to to process, and there are there are important health considerations here that I don't want to be dismissive of, dismissive of when we're talking about this. Um, Nicole Auerbeck works with us at the, at the Athletic. Um, retweeted from a or reported from a source in the Big Ten that there are ten documented cases of uh, this heart condition, myocarditis, that um, might be associated with COVID nineteen. It's associated with other viruses too. And like if kids, if young, healthy athletes are developing heart issues or have the potential to develop heart issues, I certainly understand why that would spook spook administrators, spook athletic directors and make you reticent to try to pull this off. Um, I, I don't want to delve into the science on that because we're not scientists and we're not epidemiologists, but um, that's out there as, as one of the reasons or one of the things, one of the one of the big factors in the last week or so that they've been talking about Um which has gotten us to this point. And, and that, you know, that's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say they're wrong for being cautious relative to that. Um, it just seems like these are things that we've known for a little bit. There's a lot about this that we don't know and stuff we're going to learn, but I think there are things that have been part of the dialogue for a while. And all of a sudden they're coming up now when it's time to cancel the season. And I wonder why they weren't coming up two or three months ago. There's and, things that are coming up now on Twitter that you and I would text about back in April. Right. Like, and I, mean, I don't not, like and that's part of like there are a million things that go into that went into this decision and they're all important for different reasons. Um I have a hard time coming to to grips with the idea that like the thing that seems to have changed most drastically in the last week or 10 days um is players kind of voicing what their concerns were and um, I would have hoped that these leagues would have done something to buy themselves more time to enter into a conversation with players to address some of those needs. And maybe at the end of that, you can't come to a place where it makes sense to play. But what they did instead was just eliminate the possibility of a conversation by canceling the season one week after they said they were going to try to play. And that's like that's not okay with me. And like I think I understand the idea of release a schedule while you're not sure because you have to have a schedule. So, like, I think there's a lot of, like, outrage about, like, the Big Ten less than a week ago released a schedule and now they're canceling it. What are they doing? Like, I understand that that gave players hope, and I agree with you. I think that it's a bad look. But I understand that things change. The thing that's annoying is 
It seems like the reason why we got into this position so quickly is because the NCAA and the conference didn't actually want to have the conversations with the players to make them feel better. And it's just like, then what are we doing? You know, and then and then that opens up an entire discussion about whether or not the entire system of college a- athletics even makes sense anymore. And like, I think that like we know Gene Smith as a man, and you know we've covered this program for a long time. Like, I think Gene Smith is a legitimately good person who cares about the student athletes. Like, I get that sense from him. He's a very thoughtful, nice, genuine person. Um, so like. You know, that's not the problem here. The problem is is that I just don't know if the higher-ups and the people who are cashing the biggest checks are really, really ready to have tough conversations that are going to have to happen eventually too, Bill. It's like not only did they shut it down because they didn't want to have those discussions, but they sh- you didn't run away from it. The problem is going to be waiting for you next year. And, like, yeah. that's the thing too. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you, you have the discussion now even if you don't want to have it. Try to, to come to terms with it. And move forward, but I, I think that when this is all said and done, and when we finally get fall football again, whether that's in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two or whenever the next time we have it is, it's going to be a different sport. I think this changed it regardless. And you made this point to me yesterday, and I think you, I, I agree completely. Yes, it's not what 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 they've done here, and I I don't want to say that this is the only motivation, but I think it's part of the motivation. I think we can be real about that. I think it's part of the motivation. They've brought, bought themselves time to address this, even though it's been an issue in the sport forever, and they've chosen to ignore it or dismiss it. Um, by not playing now in the fall, like these players are going to have the same concerns, whether it's in the spring and the fall, like you said, we're moving into the age of name, image, and likeness. What comes beyond that, I have no idea. You can't avoid it forever, but they, they bought themselves time to get their ducks in a row by not playing this fall and, and trying to figure out exactly how to approach that. From their end, it's probably good planning. On our end and on the end of the players, it's 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 hard to to comprehend a little bit. Um, what did you? I, w- I want to move on. I guess from I guess reacting to the news, unless you had something else to say about it, um, and talk a little bit about like how this played out at Ohio State and what we thought of like the dynamic with the athletic side and the university side with the the president elect Christina Johnson and I don't know like long lasting implications of that or the idea that like Ohio state has always played ball with the big 10 and from Gene Smith's comments today, it's going to continue to play ball. And are there a lot of people that want to see Ohio state, like try to play an independent schedule? It's not going to happen. Um, Like Ohio state's disappointed. And I think made it known that it would prefer to delay rather than postpone or cancel, but they're not going to go out and go rogue and do something else because that's not what they do. They always they they play ball with the big 10. Yeah, I mean, I think it's already been reported out there. And, you know, I want to apologize if Gene Smith ever listens to this episode, but I think his phone bill um, has increased just based on me badgering him and texting him. That's right, he doesn't pay for it. It's fine. Maybe even at times when I knew he wasn't going to respond, but I texted him no less than seven times in the last week. And he's got read receipts, so... He does have read receipts. That's <laughs> the most impressive thing in the world where you send somebody a text and they say it yeah. just says red and then they don't respond. Yeah, and then they don't it. respond. Well, I understand. I, I get it. But we got to, as reporters, swing. But I said, is there, I know he's very busy, but um, if the Big Ten does decide to shut down, there seems to be some sort of groundswell that Ohio State's going to go do play a season in the SEC. I don't even know where the shit came from, but people think I, that they're going to go. <laughs> I mean, I think we both. Okay. <laughs> but it's not real life, it's fun. 
And if you want to make a conference realignment in NCAA 2011 or the last year that that game came out, then go have that. It's, it's, it is business. fun. It's fun as shit. Yeah, it's fun to think that. about, like the idea of Ohio State playing in one of the SEC. But like, here's my personal opinion of this, and you know, again, this is all opinion. What I'm about to say, but they're not going to play SEC football either. Like, I don't think they're going to – It's everything falls in – I don't know. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. I guess I wouldn't, another, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but, like, I don't – like, everything in college football happens incrementally. It's like that's the way it happened with the NCAA tournament. It started with conference tournaments getting canceled, then teams, you know, putting more pressure, then the NCAA tournament. And I understand that the virus was new and the outbreak was new back then, but everything with sports happens one thing at a time. And, like – you know, then it was Ivy League, then it was Mac football, then, you know, this is the way it works. What do they think they're going to do? Play Like, the thing, too, that's so interesting is we've talked about this on this podcast in the past, too, Bill, but, like, if you're going to put these players at risk, which the risks in the South are the same as they are up in the Midwest, at least have something to play for. So, like, what are they going to have, a power three conferences? Like, you can't even win a national championship legitimately. At a certain point, it's like, what's the point? Like, I, I don't know. I think that this is all going to fall in line. The Big 12 is supposed to be voting here pretty soon. People think that they're, they're referring to the Big 12 as the swing state. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't think that they're going to play SEC football and the rest of the college football world is going to be shut down. Like, it's all or nothing, I think. Like, I think it's over. Yeah, I think, um, I think like, if someone said, what do you think is going to happen right now? Tell me. I would, I would probably side with you. But, like, they put out a statement today that they're going to move forward with their thing. That, that, that's part of the... The SEC and the ACC did. Um, it's one of the things at play here is the like they're these conferences are getting co- like competing medical advice. Like they're being led by by their medical um, committees that they established when all this started and trying to figure out best practices. But there's no uniformity. There's no uniformity in anything. But they're all getting different advice. There's like doctors have different opinions on these things. There was one. Um, I think based in Minnesota who tweeted earlier today about the, the myocarditis and how it, it, how it's being framed shouldn't be um, a driving force in, in not playing football this year. And again, don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but the sec is being guided by different information than what the big 10 had. And that's a whole other can of worms that I guess I don't really yeah, want to I, get I, into. I don't want to just take a left on that one, Bill. Cause like, <laughs> but it's true. Like it's true. Like they're at the end, like, it's happened throughout all of this. Like you can, you, you can find validating medical evidence for whatever side you're on to support your argument because this is a very new thing and we don't know that much about it. Right. Um, and I think but, that's part of the reason why we're in this position. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if the sec or the ACC is going to play. I think they're going to try. I think they're going to pad up. I think they're going to, they're going to hit and they're going to go to camp and maybe they never play a game, but I'm also not going to be surprised if they do play a game. And, like, the idea that there's going to be some semblance of a college football season and, like, Ohio State isn't going to be a part of it is crazy. What, is this, Justin Fields just going to transfer to Georgia and just suit up in a month? Like, what are we doing here? Well, that was, yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting. I don't, is Trey like, Sermon going to go back to Oklahoma? He was another Jason guy. Jason Kersey, like, like, posted a thing, our Oklahoma reporter, about the form that he would have to fill out in order to try to do that. I mean, it'd be worth trying, wouldn't it? I, I don't know. Like, Sean Wade's a graduate. Sean Wade want to transfer and go play, try to play somewhere that might play football this fall? I wouldn't put it past him. I, if I were him, I might consider it. Um, there's well, a lot I mean, of play. He's not like, coming uh, back next year, so, like, he's going to play in the spring. At least, I, uh, Randy Wade, who's the best, uh, put a thing on 
Sean's dad put a thing on Twitter, like a poll, like, what should Sean do? Uh, play in the spring, play in the fall, transfer to the SEC, go train for the NFL. And I didn't respond to him, but I wanted to respond. Just like, go get that money, man. Don't. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. You should have gotten the money a year ago, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I feel really bad. I feel bad for him because I think he would have been a first round pick and whatever. Like he graduated. One of his goals was to graduate. He got his degree like on Sunday, and then this happened. It's a hell of a couple of days. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's going to be football played in the fall or not. We do know that Ohio State's not going to play. Um, I never gave that much of a thought, but it's it's interesting because Ryan Day said was asked on ESPN like if that's if if we don't play the Big Ten doesn't play. And that's an option we should explore. And then maybe it's just not an option. Maybe that was posturing. I think what Nebraska's doing is also posturing. Um, but as you said, Ryan Day, uh, in four weeks, you guys are playing Auburn. You ready to go? He'd say, hell yeah. And I understand that he and Gene Smith and President Christina Johnson all have different interests and different motivations for why or why not they would do something. But it's just a very interesting dynamic now that happens within the athletic department. Because there's a football team that wants to play an athletic director that has a lot of different things on his plate and a president who's not even on the job yet <laughs> to make this decision for Ohio State. And we don't know how she voted. The word from no issue was that she would vote no on canceling and yes on delaying. I don't think that'll ever become public record. But there's an interesting bit of uh, power dynamic happening at Ohio State at like the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah, it is a little odd. But I, I thought that you're um story that you put out on monday was a very good job of reporting on your part and uh you should sign up for the athletic and read it um but i thought it also kind of painted a picture of uniformity and being on the same page and it it didn't really seem dysfunctional at all so i think that's an encouraging thing Mm -hmm. um from the ohio state side of it it's just like this is so unprecedented and unbelievable like us trying to like kind of figure out like what games would look like without ohio state is just like a sci-fi flick Yeah. Before we get back to the show, let's take a quick minute to hear about Indochino. So I've lost a little weight recently and and I'm moving more toward being able to buy off the rack. But for years and years, I could never, ever buy a suit jacket off the rack. Just didn't make them for me. They, They would look really weird. They either wouldn't fit in the shoulders. They wouldn't fit through the torso. That all changed for me when I found Indochino. I've had two suits and five custom shirts made in Indochino, and it is fantastic. I've done it pre-pandemic where I went into the store, had a consultant measure me, and a few weeks later, I got beautiful suits, shirts that fit like they were made for me because they were. And it's just an amazing feeling. And, And you see that little tag that says made for you, and then you put it on, you realize, oh yeah, it is made for me. Every nook and cranny they have measured and figured out this is going to fit you perfectly. Well, you can still go to the Indochino stores. You can also go to Indochino's website and they will tell you exactly how to measure yourself with helpful videos and they'll make it super easy and you can take every measurement and you lock them into the website and you can get custom suits, custom shirts, custom pants that fit you absolutely perfectly it is an amazing experience i've lost about 40 pounds i've got a new shirt and new pants on the way because unfortunately some of the old stuff doesn't fit me anymore but that's that's kind of a good thing so congratulations indochino you're about to get more business because i'm not eating as much but it is a, a wonderful experience 
You can go to Indochino showrooms across North America, or you can go to Indochino.com. Suits start at $299, and you get the good stuff, too. So you look at somebody's suit, and you see that the, the buttons on the sleeve of the jacket don't work. Well, that's not cool. Indochino, you can get the working buttons. You can also get that cool different color thread right around the outside button. You can have different pockets. You can make it your own, and you're going to look cool. Why are you going to look cool? Because the suit fits perfectly. You could spend thousands of more dollars. It won't look as good because it doesn't fit perfectly. This one will fit perfectly. So go to Indochino.com or go to an Indochino showroom. Right now, you can get an extra $30 off any purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the code ANDY at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code ANDY. You will not regret it. Having a suit or a shirt or a pair of pants that looks like it was made for you because it was made for you is the best feeling you can put on. Sorry, I was reading something. Ohio State put out a video. I was reading a quote from Ryan Day. Ryan Day, in this video that OSU put out, said, uh, my main man Garrett Stepien took this tweet out and tweeted it, so I'm reading what he tweeted. He said, the sacrifices that have been made to get right here are unbelievable. You should be proud of that. I still believe in my heart that we can play games in the spring if this team can play together. Are you crying? No, I'm not crying. I'm not that sad. <laughs> I'm sad. I, I am like... This is like what this is what we do. I'm we, sad. Rain, no, I'm not afraid. Talk, I know. I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to, to be sad. Patches? I just don't want. I don't want it to. Uh, again, I don't want it to overshadow what's most important here. But I also think like there are a lot of people in our shoes that are like there's not. Ohio State's been playing football every fall since 1890, and in 2020 well, I mean, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> the players are absolutely the priority here, and I agree with you. And I don't think that. You know, talking about other sadness downplays how important it is to them. There's a lot of people in Ohio that identify with this team as as a main factor and the main passion of their life. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I'm not trying to downplay that either. There's people who have Ohio State flags on their front porch and and live and die by planning their weekends around when Ohio State's playing. I had a girlfriend in college, and her her dad would go to every game, home and away. Like, there's a lot of people who live and die by this stuff. And I feel bad for them. I feel bad for me. So like, awful. what am I, what am I going to do? Like I haven't done aside from a handful of bye weeks, which are usually spent eating pizza with you and, and, um, playing DraftKings and watching the sport. <laughs> but I don't think I've had a, I, I couldn't remember the last time I had a Saturday in the fall where I didn't watch football. Well, you'll still, be able to, you'll still be able to watch football because the NFL is salivating right now with Saturdays. Yeah, no, no, I'm going to get to watch that big Buffalo Bills-LA uh, Chargers game on Saturday, uh, Saturday Night it. Football. Shoot it in yeah, my hands, I'm ready. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what I mean, though. There's such a big difference, too, between the internal feel of one and the other. I, it's just yeah. like such a strange idea of thinking that, like, honestly, like I just recently moved in with my girlfriend a month ago. Big step for me. Does this mean like we're going to the mall and Nordstrom's anniversary sale like yesterday and pumpkin patches every day on Saturday? Like, pumpkin I'll tell you one great. thing: I've saved a lot of money from the bookies, you know. But <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't. I honestly don't know what um, I'm going to do. It's like weird. It's like I. It's not about sports writers, but anybody who's in any profession, Bill, whether you're a doctor or a sports writer or an insurance, you 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 a part a part of you identifies 
partial pieces of yourself with that thing that you do. A large portion of who you are is what you do. And this is what we do. And I, I, I honestly don't know who I am without that in the fall. I've never had to even face that in my adult life. Yeah, I mean, there's, and that's true. I mean, that's true for a lot of Ohio. That's true for, I'm sure, many of the people listening to this podcast. And like, I wrote about this when when Division Three canceled in Ohio, about, and I've written like last year, like just how important it is in the state. And I guess like you borderline on cliche when you do that, but it's true, man. Like it's every corner of the state loves football, and Ohio's not totally unique in that sense. There are other states that are like that, but I'm not sure that there's another state where where football is as intertwined in like the fabric of a state's existence like it is here like even historically like the important landmarks in the history of the game like the hall of fame's here um and it's weird it's weird it's like and like maybe the nfl will play and as it stands right now like high school football in ohio is still going to happen it was very it was bizarre like tony alford walked out of the front of the woody and uh like he said what's up to me and, and austin and a couple other guys were out there and then they like got into his car and he drove to his son's football practice <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're not playing anymore but your son is playing high school football now and like ryan day's son might be playing peewee or whatever they call it in, in ohio um it's kind of bizarre so like I don't, I don't think football in ohio is is totally off the board i think it'll happen in some from some former function former fashion but it's not happening at ohio state um not not until the spring, at least. Um, I don't know. We want to talk about. That. I know. I think you and I are kind well, of. Well, we'll same talk pages. about that. But the one thing I wanted to say, based on ironic uh, um, things in regards to this, is Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, <laughs> has a son who plays football in the SEC, and I think yes, that would does. be crazy <laughs> if the Big Ten canceled the SEC played, and like the commissioner of the Big Ten is like going to watch his son play. Yep. Or is watching his son play on TV. Um, I, I don't know if that's common knowledge to people or not, but it is definitely in the irony category. category. Yes, that would be a hell of a sight. If uh, I would hope that that he would have enough uh, forethought to not go to put himself in position and get his photo taken at a football game, because um, that would not be uh, that would not end well for him at least. But I don't think it's going to be a good optics PR for him route. at all if they even let him let if he lets his son play. He already said, didn't he already say he wants his son to play? Yeah, I don't know. Or he was comfortable with his son playing. Um, and that's like, I, that's like someone like I don't want to put this. And maybe maybe it deserves to be squarely on his shoulders. I don't know if it does or not. So I don't I don't want to assume that it should. Um, this seems like a, a collective. Oh, it's decision. a vote. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that is kind of a, a funny bit of irony that his conference might is not playing football, but his son might play in yeah. the Power 5 conference. Well, we had a, a whole other podcast, I think, unless I'm making this up, you tell me, Bill. But we talked about like what it would be like to be spring football like a month ago on the show. Um, yes. And I think it's like kind of crazy and kind of fun to maybe just kind of daydream about it. I think that's kind of what the plan is here, um, at least potentially will play in the spring, is let Big Ten people like kind of revel in the fact that, like, if they are playing in the spring, we still might be only four four months away from football, and that's a long time. But yeah, you know, it'll be weird. It's almost like, um, I mean, they're going to do everything they can to try to play in the spring. I believe that it's feasibility. We can talk about that another day. I don't want to make this whole thing like super negative. Everything sucks. Um, so let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I suppose that they're gonna, they're going to figure out how to do that. In the meantime, like they're going to practice. What that's going to look like, I I don't know, but. Um, Ohio well, are they going to have fall camp in the fall now? Like that's I don't the thing know. I want to know. know. Like, can I don't they know make what that's fall spring? Like for sure. So, 
they are going to be allowed to do something. Maybe they, they, they're probably not going to be able to hit for a while. Um, but I think it's going to look like super extended OTAs. Like football things will be happening at the Woody, whether that's every day, every other day, three days a week, whatever. The facilities are open. All the all the things that come with being an athlete at Ohio State minus the playing of the games are still going to be available to them. They're still on scholarship. They're going to try to make this as normal as possible without the major component of actually playing your season, which is good, and, and I think they should do that. So, like, we're, we're not done seeing Ohio State football players doing things in Ohio State helmets for the fall, I don't think. Um what this could set up to be is like a very super extended spring practice slash OTA thing while they try to figure out if they can play games in the spring. Like when the idea of like playing in January, I think we talked before, like seems like it could be difficult. Um, but also the idea that like college football happening at like the same time that March Madness is happening would be insane. Well, like the Pac-12... <laughs> Um, and canceling fall sports also like postpone basketball to start until January, which will, you know, open up a whole other can of worms for those basketball loving people. Um, I think that that was, um, I've talked to some basketball people just like through this whole process. I think they've been kind of expecting that they weren't going to be able to play in November. Yeah. They're not conference games. Yeah. But yeah, I'd like to, you know, Holtman and the boys at 11 a.m., yeah, Buckeyes and the uh, boys at, at four. You're gonna do the Ohio double State, dipper or what? <laughs> Ohio State, Michigan. Ohio State, Michigan hoops at like uh, yeah noon and or uh, no Ohio State, Michigan football at noon and then Ohio State, Michigan hoops at like six thirty. No, no hoops is the pregame in Columbus. We gonna play at ten a.m. Yeah, whatever. Nine a.m. Oh, That'd be okay. Sweet, oh, we're, oh, we're gonna do tradition. What if they played at nine a.m. Um, sold booze in the uh, basketball arena. Okay, Let people in. Here, free t- free tickets. Here's, here's what it is. Ohio State, Michigan hoops tip off at eight. They play the game, then it's skull session, and then you go over to the And they to play the, the game in St. John Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah, you yeah. Play, play hoops in St. John, you have skull session. Free tickets, over. booze is pouring, everybody's doing it. Then you can walk uh, walk from one stadium to the other and enjoy your, your Saturday there in February. Uh, bring a parka, you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't forget your jacket. Yeah, your That's boy James Franklin idea. said... Uh, spring football should be played in indoor uh, stadiums, which I, I guess like the weather thing is kind of funny. But like, what is there at least one indoor stadium in every state that you could play a football game in? Like, I don't even know where they would play a football game in Ohio like, State against uh, Michigan State inside Massillon's indoor practice facility. Yeah, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if there's no fans, who gives a shit? No, I think you can get really creative if you did like um, if you did like a showcase and did like. Four games at Ford Field and four games at um, Lucas Oil Stadium one weekend, and then like four games in Minneapolis one weekend, and four games and who knows? I don't know where the other domes are, but and all the think, teams travel to the same places and live in the same places that have been yeah, sanitized. You know, yeah, well, I mean, we're also assuming that we're in a different place. I guess with the virus by then too. Because um, I think you're going to have to be in order for this to happen, and testing procedures are going to have to improve, and um, just more study about all this. Like that's part. <clears throat> it's not only the feasibility of it from a logistics standpoint; it's it's the health component of it too. But um, and like a place like Ohio, like Ohio State has 36 sports, um, and in theory, they can all be playing <laughs> in like like middle of March, which creates a logistical nightmare for Ohio state and it's medical staff and it's sports information staff. Um, and just like space in general. 
and that's like a consideration when you try to do this stuff. But I like I have every I have every um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I be, I believe them. I believe them when they say they're going to try to play in the spring. Uh, what that looks like, I have no clue. What Ohio State's roster looks like, I have no idea. Like, well, that's the next thing, and I don't know if I'm cutting you off before you finish your Ohio State's roster. If they play in the spring in the NFL draft, they are one of the three teams in college football that will be decimated the most by this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of fun. <laughs> I, I, I think I think that like it's really hard for people, and I don't want to be the one that says it. I guess, but I of course that's on brand if I'm the one who does. Justin Fields was done at Ohio State. I think ninety-five percent. I don't, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. think you're saying anything out of turn there. Okay, but like, and we we'll, always. I think we want to do like. I think we might have to dedicate like a chunk of an episode to that, to that yeah. idea. We don't think we're gonna do it now. Yeah, but let's just say their best players go, which I think is a very non-controversial take right now. Yep. We have written stories, we have done podcasts here at Cleveland.com over the years about like what Ohio State would look like with their younger and experienced players against teams that have been building through development. And I would love to watch a season, and you can put my talent to uh, development stuff on display there, but I would love to see C.J. Stroud's led Buckeyes with three true freshman wide receivers and like let them freaking play. Like, I think we would be so starved for football by the time they ended up playing in the spring if they only played six games or whatever, or whatever they, the showcase or however we could get creative with it. Hopefully, the Big Ten and college football in general uses the next four months better than they use the last four. Um, but watching Ohio State and their pure young talent um, play, I still think, I don't know I would ever pick them to win the national championship in that scenario. In that scenario. But, like, Minnesota, and I wrote a big story about Minnesota and how they're trying to build their program on Monday. Not that anybody gives a shit, but I did. And I think that it's like P.J. Flex's whole plan is play freshmen, play players early, let your uh, guys develop, and then hopefully by year three or four, kind of the way that Michigan State did. You know, you have an experienced, very good team that wasn't as talented coming out of the recruiting process. What if Ohio State did that with a bunch of four and five stars? I could get behind watching that for a year. Yeah. Like I know that like the idea of Sean Wade might be gone, Wyatt Davis might be gone, uh, Justin Fields might be gone, and all the other players that are kind of in that same category. Josh Myers, who who am I forgetting? Everybody, Chris Olave, and then you and replace then, like, them the with senior, Julian the Fleming, and then Paris yeah. Johnson, and you know like that would be great. Like watch Ohio State super classes. Like it's like a shame because the 2017 class is all but done now, and that was the yes. best class in Ohio State football history. Like, I don't know what they'll do in terms of permitting rules and how they'll do it with the 2020 class, but they are now on, on track. And I guess we should at least mention this, but Toon Mache Adelaide committed on Tuesday, too. If you were, were having a bad day as an Ohio State fan, there's another reason. But they are on track to signing one of the best recruiting classes in the history of the sport. Like, are those guys going to be eligible to play? I've talked to recruiting coordinators off the record about this, and most of them say that unless they're, like, advanced Chase Young-like prospects um, who come in physically advanced, that they aren't going to be ready to play um, a game two or three months into their college career because they don't have a spring practice the way early enrollees usually do. But, like, if you could pick and choose players out of a recruiting class and decide which ones play, I think that Ohio State would be one of the teams most impacted by the loss of talent, but I also think you could make the argument that they'd be one of the most entertaining teams to watch in that scenario because of how much young, exciting talent there is. And, then, like, I have a New York Rangers fan friend, 
and I'm not a big hockey guy, but like they just won the first overall pick, I guess, on Monday in the yeah. NHL lottery draft. And like we were talking about it, I was like, sometimes the thing about sports that's most fun is looking forward to like the future and like the potential of what your first round pick could be or like what your young players are. Maybe even more fun than winning a national championship. Now I know people can be like, What? But like after you win a national championship, you're like Will Smith in the living room. You like look around, it's like, now what? You know, like sports is about talking about sports, about watching sports, about community, and about the future. And like, I don't know if this rant is like completely annoying, but like, I think it's amazing. I would love to watch that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, and I think I, I can get there pretty quickly. And I think eventually Ohio State fans will get there too. But it's <laughs> not today. Not today. Um, and especially, it's like the team they had coming back. Yeah, I mean, the team they had last year was great. The team they had coming back this year was like. They were like a national championship, if not favorite. And I know they're in a position almost every year, but like this felt a little different because they had the quarterback. And it's like, again, and this is a totally different circumstance, unpredictable and unprecedented, but one of Ohio State's best teams, again, uh, is not going to get a chance to play for a national title. Um, Because I don't think, whatever the spring looks like, I don't. My best guess for a spring that actually is able to be played is like some kind of abbreviated thing where I don't even know if the games will actually count, to be honest. Um, I have a hard time envisioning them playing like a real season and then four months later playing another real season, even if that's two shortened real seasons. But I could see like maybe they play like four or five games that don't amount to much more than scrimmages, but at least these guys get to play some football. But even if that's the case, I think that could be fun. Um, Who would play in the scrimmages? The guys who are on the team, like the guys who aren't, who aren't, aren't you on mean the, the younger players, drafted. like I was just saying. Yeah, I mean it's just like they would be. Yeah, yeah. what else are they going to do? Okay, um, yeah, maybe I I'm totally. Maybe I'm like. It's like no, to me, it's like, like Justin putting, Fields isn't going to suit up for the Ohio State Indiana game and like, on April fourth doesn't mean anything. Yeah, um, I know. It's like just like CJ Stroud for me to like. Oh, I always just have a hard time picturing people, and maybe this doesn't doesn't count for young freshmen like CJ Stroud if that's the example, but like people risking their bodies and their health for games that don't count has always just been kind of a weird thing. But, you know, it's a, it's going to be a different circumstance. And, you know, I'm not saying it wouldn't work, but it's just like you have to, like, get over some of those mental blocks that you're trained uh, right. to react to initially because it's just a different circumstance. Yeah, I mean, what I just said might be batshit crazy. Um, it's a podcast. That's what it's my, uh Yeah, I'm not I'm not in the perfect mental mental frame at the moment. I'm sure a lot of people aren't. Um, but, no, I think, I think digging into a spring – will be fun and and we'll, we're certainly going to do that um but there's a mix of emotions at the moment that I think uh might make people a little might put people in a difficult difficult position to embrace that and we understand right that now, too and I, I just want to make make sure that yeah. they know that we understand that it's just like we're all kind of in the same boat you know right now and it impacts all of us uh differently but the same you know the teams are and the players and the coaches and the people who do this you know as the participants are affected in obvious ways and journalists like me and you are affected professionally and, you know, and also our passion too, because we didn't get into this because it's not our passion and fans who, you know, use this as an outlet and love the sport the same way that we do. Um, I mean, it's all like, it's all, I don't know if anybody, and I know this has been an insane like Twitter thing about rooting for the virus or rooting against, I think everybody's generally really, really sad about this. And it's like, we're all sad together. I'm very sad. Are you gonna? Very are sad. you gonna? Are you gonna overeat tonight? Indeed. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. I think we got some pie. On you the got way, some maybe. pie on the way. <laughs> yeah. I said. Uh, I said I'm not cooking dinner. Make get, order me an emotional pizza. Um, well, do you have which a, is a terrible thing to fall into? By the way, don't ever emotionally eat. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I'm trying actually, and you're gonna like think this is crazy, but I think after all this is over with, I'm gonna go get a workout in. That would be the uh, the sensible thing to do. By the way, um, Army and Georgia Southern announced they're playing on November 21st. If anybody cares. <laughs> What a weird two months, man! Like, what a weird, like, and that, yeah, it's, yeah. It's what a weird life. Yeah, it's like uh, the same freaking day. I'm. Uh, it happened yesterday too. Like I felt, I felt pretty good on. What's today? Tuesday. I felt pretty good on Monday that this decision announced by the Big Ten today was going to be a delay and not a cancellation. And then, like when the new when the information came out that made me feel that way, like thirty seconds later, the Mountain West announced it wasn't playing. And it's like every time you felt had an opportunity to feel good about something, another thing would happen to remind you that you should not ever feel good about anything. And it's yeah, and like that, totally I mean, totally sobering and disheartening. I know that people were like, "I'm done reading stories," and and I got this a lot too from the story that I wrote um, about unnamed sources and people ta- not putting their names on it. It's like I know that's not fun to read as a fan, but like. Usually the people that don't want to put their name on it are the ones in the know. And aside from how everybody was writing columns and here's what this means for players to finally be heard and, you know, care about what they think and all that stuff. Like, I don't think there was really any positive news from behind the scenes about, like, they're actually going to try to play. Like, I think that ever since Sunday came and stuff started kind of falling apart, like, to me, like, I just says this is a matter of when, not if. And, like, to me, even if they would have postponed – the season or, or even said best case scenario we're still going to try to open in September we're just going to push it back a few weeks in my head I still would have been resigned to the reality that they probably weren't going to do that so like I think that yeah. more than anything like the idea of pushing the, the if there's one advantage of not kicking the can anymore it's that we can all collectively understand where things stand and then just move forward and heal together like I, I don't know if that's the right way or that's kind of an overly dramatic way of putting it but it's just like now our podcasts are going to be about the next thing and how do we track what's going on in the in the nation and the other conferences like will early enrollees get to play how would it look like mapping out like fake scenarios for like i don't know this is what sports is we talk about the future and we try our best to put it in perspective and like sitting here in this weird limbo where you and i didn't even know if we were going to be able to record a podcast today because we didn't know what was going to happen it's like that kind of sucks too so as shitty as the news is I hope that like we all understand too that they're going to have football again eventually, and like if we can get back to like kind of having more lighthearted conversations and more exciting things about the future, which is what most people like to read anyway, that that's probably better for the coping process than sitting in limbo. Yeah, no, I think that's that's good perspective, and and listen, we're not gonna um, like we're not going to stop writing about Ohio State. I don't know what exactly this means for like people like us, and I don't really think that you care, but. Um, we're going to keep writing about Ohio State. Keep writing about Ohio State. We're going to keep doing this podcast. Um, I had some stuff that is like bigger picture stuff that I sat on because I thought that this was a possible end game, and like I didn't want to write it then because I thought we'd have ample, maybe have ample time to write it um, in the fall if there were no games being played. So I still have plans to write things like, and you're still covering recruiting, and I'll cover Ohio State recruiting. That's not stopping. They still have stuff to do with that class, and. Um, 
I would love to still write about football, and, and maybe there'll be some NFL shit. I'll go to a high school game. I'll go. I'll go. I'll, maybe I'll go watch Dak Sawyer play every week. <laughs> he's he's not too far from my house. They're supposed to play Maslin, I think, at the, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's um, too bad he's not playing quarterback anymore. But you can still enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, go watch Jaden Ballard and and uh, who I heard is a stud, by the way. Yeah, Jack Sawyer play some play some ball on on Friday night in a couple weeks here. So, um. I guess I'll. I guess maybe we'll get end on that. Like we understand, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing to say. Stick with us as we're college football writers, and we just had a fifty minute podcast about how college football is not happening this fall. But um, yeah, but I, I, I can promise you guys, we're going to do everything in our power to to stay engaged with you and keep writing about um, the team that you love. Um, hopefully, in an entertaining way, in a way that you like, and and we appreciate you guys being with us, like through a lot of uncertainty here the last few months. And the one thing I want to say. And I don't know if this is obvious, and if you just tell me if I'm an idiot, but like Ohio State didn't die, the season yeah. did. So yeah. like the se- that's terrible, and I know all the emotions and the feelings that come with it, but like there's still a lot of stuff that's gonna. How's Ohio State gonna fit the, finish this class? Uh, what does this mean for the numbers? Um, how how much activity are they gonna do? How is this eligibility gonna be in place? What are the other contra- conferences doing? Is there actually real headway into playing in the spring like there's a lot of stuff that we still have to cover um and there's a lot of stuff that we're excited to cover um and try to kind of figure this out and you know i promise you one day um you'll be watching ohio state football again bill will be up in the press box and i'll be making you mad like i mean we'll we'll all be right back to where we started so um i know that like i know i get a lot of responses and i don't know if this happens to you bill i think i'm a little bit more eccentric online I'm trying to tone that down a little bit. But That's I one get way a to put lot, it. A lot, a lot, a lot of hatred towards me, and like I'm starting to like kind of get used to it, but it's also really wearing me down. And it like you know we're people, and it like impacts us, and you know being criticized, and I'm a moron, and I hate football and all the stuff. But it's just like I'm in pain with you guys, man. Like I'm, it's it 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 sucks for us too. Um, and we want to do our best to kind of talk through that and, and be, you know rays of positive light as we try to navigate the unknown waters that are ahead yeah there's going to be things that pop up here that um there's going to be ripple effects from this for sure and things that pop up along the way that are going to like reignite the anger and like we're going to have to cover that and so like brace yourself but i also think we're going to try to do some fun stuff here like we have a, we have a blank canvas for the fall and i got like a, to be honest i don't i don't know what that's going to mean but we're going to try to find some fun things to to kind of get through it and, and hopefully they'll play in the spring um yeah, I don't know. That's all, I guess that's all I can say. And if they don't I, play in the spring, then we can cover spring football and then get back on the regular schedule. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's a good point to make. Like it's not fall football is is not happening at least in in the Big Ten and not at Ohio State, but um, it's not going away forever. It'll be back, and and we'll cover it along the way as we wait for the comeback, and then we'll be there when it does. So I wanted to say one last thing, Bill. I know you're the host, and I'll let you say the last words, but please make sure to rate. Subscribe and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Music, uh, Stitcher, if that's still a thing. What's the other one? Google Play. All the places Sound, that you SoundCloud. Know, SoundCloud yeah. Please subscribe, listen. And if you listen to this episode and you made it to the end and you left a review, um, give Landis some pizza tips in Columbus, Ohio in the comments there from the reviews. And Bill, before I let you close the show out, I want you to tell me, maybe, I'm, I don't know if you've ordered it yet, but I need to know, place the pizza's coming from, when it's arrived, style of pizza and toppings. I actually think uh, we're keeping it pretty basic and just doing a nice stuffed crust from from the hut. Oh God! 
that is the most depressing. I mean, is there more appropriate pizza to yeah, eat yeah, right yeah. now? We're, like, you don't want to get we're gourmet totally pizza. Into it. Yeah. yeah, just like the depressing pizza. That is the best pizza there is. Are you gonna yeah. eat it? Are you gonna eat it uh, crust first or what? How are you gonna do that? Uh, yeah, I usually eat it crust first, or I'll take like a bite of the of of the normally, and then I'll, I'll get back yeah. to the crust and I work my way yeah. forward. Yeah. All right, close us um, out here, Dollaby. Yeah, uh, Nathan Cop, a uh, loyal uh, follower of ours back to the Cleveland.com days, tweeted something that just came across my timeline to, to me and you, um, which I think maybe might give Ohio State fans uh, some solace. Uh, he was making fun of Michigan. He said at least Michigan won't lose to Ohio State this year. Um, I don't know if that makes people feel better or not, but I think that makes another year of superior, another superior, another year of superiority, Ohio State reigning over Michigan. Maybe you could take that out of this. You're you're kings for another year. Um, yeah, maybe that didn't make it. Maybe that didn't yeah, make just worse. now they have another year to prepare for the next game. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Michigan doesn't pay attention to Ohio State. They're not preparing for Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State's going to go out on Tuesday and have or on uh, on Thursday and have a Michigan period, and yeah. Michigan's not going to. Things will feel a little bit normal on Wednesday when I release the weekly this week in recruiting column, and I vamp a little bit about Michigan missing out. You got, heat, you got some heat from Michigan this week? I don't know if it's going to be heat. It's just going to be more of the same shit. <laughs> you, oh, did, you, they, yeah. did, they, uh, did they not get another uh, good player that's 10 miles from their front door? Yeah, you remember that, right? Yeah. Top 50 yeah. player that, yeah, I don't know what the yeah. issue was this time. Maybe somebody had an issue with the head coach or, you know, the car broke down. I don't, I don't know what the issue is, but car it didn't broke, work out this car time. Broke down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks again for you guys for listening. Uh, please stick with us. Please uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Like I already said, uh, subscribe to the Athletic, um, and we'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep engaging with you guys on, in this podcast and with our stories too. Um, sad day, shitty day, kind of a bummer. Um, we'll get through it. Everyone will get through it, and and uh, there will be football again in Ohio. I, I promise you that it'll it'll be here soon, and we can't wait for that to happen. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.